Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And little ones to him they belong. For they are so weak. But he strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, my Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to just extend a warm welcome to our brother and his wife. Do you want to introduce your wife? Amen. I'll give you this one, brother. That's a preaching okay. mic. This is a singing mic. Amen. Singing mic. Okay. Amen. We have a shouting mic and a deliverance mic. Amen. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> it's a real loud one. <laughs> this is my wife, Scarlett, and... Um, we're we're just honored and blessed to be here with you today, yes. and we've just finished a great uh, series of meetings uh, uh, with Jesse Rich Ministries at the uh, uh, Sheridan in, in uh, Springfield and um, New England Camp Meeting. We just had a great time yeah. and um, many testimonies and just great things the Lord has done, and so. Um, we're, we're just happy to be here this morning. Amen. Yeah. We go back to Florida. You can pray for us. It's hot still, <laughs> and it will be until about November the 15th. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> after that, it's nice down there. 
Praise the Lord. We're we're just um, uh, again just honored, uh, uh, Pastor Weimer, to be with you today. What a beautiful facility you yes. have, and everything is just uh, first class and amazing. Mm. And uh, we're just glad to be here, aren't we? We are. Seriously. Or you know, like the there was a quartet back in the in the fifties called the Sunshine Boys, and they'd get up and they'd say, "We're happy to be here," and they'd say, "Of course, we're happy to be anywhere." You know. <laughs> We don't feel that way. <laughs> Amen. Scarlett, just uh, bless the people with a little word or something. Well, yes, we are very glad to be here. We appreciate uh, your pastor and just, you know, he came to some of the meetings and blessed uh, the people and laid hands on the sick. And it was wonderful. Told a testimony, a, a remarkable testimony about his own physical yes. healing. So he really blessed us this week, and we, we thank God for you and for your uh, lovely wife, Dee. And we, um, are again, are really glad to be in Massachusetts. You know, uh, uh, there's just uh, uh, seems like a stirring up here of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And um, I've sensed it a lot this week while we've been praying for the meetings and praying for the churches and the pastors. And, wow, I think God's got some great things in the very near future. Amen. So uh, we're believing God with you, and I hope that you'll pray for us in Tampa as well. God bless you. If you Thank you, Scarlett. If you know your history of uh, outpourings and awakenings and revivals in America, uh, the strongest awakenings and outpourings that we've had have started in New England. Uh, you know, you'd think it would be somewhere in the south or Dallas or <laughs> Tulsa, the holy city. Um, or California, and God certainly has done a, a lot of things from those places. But the original awakenings in the United States were were, were right here in the in the heart of um, New England, and and uh, I believe that those things are stirring again. Open your Bibles. We'll get right into the Word. Amen. Wonderful. Ministry by our sister Rhonda, Amen. And I tell you, God God uses music just to open up our hearts and and minds and helps it. You know, some people say creating an atmosphere where the uh, Holy Spirit can work, but actually, the Holy Spirit can work in no atmosphere. I mean, it's a, it's a little it's a little. Uh, Conceited, I think, on the behalf of the church world to think that, you know, we're the ones making a, you know, some kind of a thing for the spirit to move. But this, that's really not true. This, uh, Jesus did most of his miracles outside on the street where there's camels and noise and people, you know, selling. If you've ever been to what I would call a third world market. You know, there's bananas and somebody else has automobile transmission parts that might have been stolen off of your car <laughs> in the motel. <laughs> You're buying your own parts back. But anyway, praise God, you know, that was the atmosphere in a way that um, that, that Jesus was ministering in and oftentimes not no, there was no, there wasn't, you know, where they were singing, Holy Spirit, thou art welcome in this place. You know, it just wasn't like that. And so, yeah, I think, I think there is something to, you know, making an atmosphere, but it's more like not so much for the Holy Spirit. It's more for our hearts that we're creating the atmosphere, that we're opening up our hearts so that we can continue to communicate with God because He's communicating with us all the time. All the time He's speaking. And, uh, boy, sometimes you can just be in the noisiest, most horrible restaurant somewhere in the world where they got the TVs on, they've got the music blaring, and you're shouting at each other. Uh, that's lunch in New York City every day. And, uh, you're shouting at each other over the din of noise. And, uh, the Holy Spirit can, that still small voice can still speak to you. Amen. So, uh, praise God for, uh, just all that's already, if we went home now, we could say we've been in church and received from the Lord. Now, Romans 7, uh, I want you to look there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord today. 
in West Springfield. Romans 7. Uh, uh, Paul here, you know, is constantly in, in his writings, he is constantly making um, comparison between life uh, in under the law, which he knew the law because, you know, he's Jewish. And not only that, he was a doctor of the law, earned so what we'd say Ph.D., almost like an earned doctorate of Moses' law, could argue it. That law in, in Jewish court in, in Jerusalem, even though it was uh, occupied and occupied and occupied by foreign foreign entities, they still, for the Jews, they still held uh, their own court, kind of like a reservation court or something, you know, uh, in the U.S. So they had laws for the Romans, and if you weren't Roman, then you, had, you went under the Judaic law, Moses' law. So he could actually argue a case if somebody uh, was going to be stoned or not. Now, we're not talking about from smoking pot. We're talking, you know, you have to explain these days. Um, <laughs> stoned from, uh, you know, because adultery had been committed or something like that. And Moses' law, um, as just as much as Sharia law, and a lot of people don't realize this, but just as much as Sharia law, Moses' law allows for honor killings and stonings and those things. And in fact, Paul was holding the coats of those, uh, he was Saul, but he was holding the coats of those who stoned Stephen. And that was not something that he felt the need to even repent of because this man in their minds was speaking blasphemies. So you understand that Paul needed uh, for the believers who had been Jewish and now they're converting in a sense over to following after Christ and following after the new covenant. He has to try to get them out of the way that they were thinking because it's, it's a merit system. You've gone from a merit system to receive by faith. Merit to, to faith. And so he's constantly explaining in his writings to the church, praise God, the church was full of what kind of people? Jews and Greeks. In other words, Jews and Gentiles. Amen. That was the church. It was made up of, uh, of both sides of that. That wall, that, that mosaic law, wall, law, wall. <laughs> and so he is all, all, all constantly comparing what does it mean, righteousness by the flesh or righteousness by faith. Amen. Praise God. And that's the understanding that we need to have. Uh, uh, one of the banner scriptures in the Bible is Ephesians 2.8. We're saved by grace. Praise God. Through faith, not of ourselves, uh, lest any man should boast. It's not of works. It's by receiving the finished work of Christ and what he's done for us. Now, all redemptive works, salvation, healing, prosperity, uh, deliverance, blessings, all those things come from that same redemptive work. Amen. And um, we are, we are, um, we receive we receive those blessings the same way by faith. Amen. And so, you know, a lot of people, they, you may not realize this in the uh, early days of Pentecost, most Pentecostal denominations preached that uh, it was especially tough on the women. They said they couldn't wear makeup and couldn't wear, you know, jewelry and earrings and those things. And, a friend of mine that held tent meetings in the early 70s, it was kind of a transitional period uh, in church culture. There were folks that were kind of, had been brought up as classical Pentecostals, and they were transitioning into the charismatic move a little bit, opening up a little more, and then finally the great Word of Faith movement. And so they're transitioning out of that legalism, out of that, you know, uh, God's not pleased with you. Your, your skirt's too short and God's not, your hair's too long. For the boys, the hair was too long and the girls, the skirts were too short. And, uh, so, you know, this was the, 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 the feeling and that you might even miss the rapture if you are not, you know, doing the dress code mainly. So, 
a lot of people were coming out of that. And a friend of mine who was, who was doing great tent meetings back there in the early 70s, um, I mean, I think it's great. He was having about 7,500 people come to his tent meeting, so that's pretty good. It's not Oral Roberts numbers, but it's, you know, it's still pretty good. Uh, I'll take 7,500 people in the meeting. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Send them on. Praise God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, they, these folks, uh, these, especially the women, they would be in the prayer line. And see, this is what we're talking about today. The difference in righteousness by works or righteousness by faith in the finished work. And so, um, these, 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 you know, Assembly of God, Church of God w- women would be in the prayer line, and he's laying hands on them. And he noticed that if, if they were from Pentecost, now if they were from the Presbyterian Church, they didn't care. But if they were from Assembly of God, Church of God, Foursquare, Pentecostal Holiness, Congregational Holiness, on and on, if they were from one of those groups, they'd reach up before he got to them to lay hands. He'd see them out of his peripheral vision. They'd pull their earrings off because they feel condemned. They don't feel condemned enough not to wear them all the time, but condemned enough. That in other words, it might be a disconnect for their healing. Now, see, I know that I know that the modern day full gospel believer can't relate to that, but that's the reason grace and righteousness needs to be preached, even in word of faith churches and in charismatic churches and emerging churches and on the edge churches and over the edge churches and, and whatever, uh, seeker and found and lost and whatever. But, uh, we, we need to understand that if we don't preach righteousness by faith, we will, we will create a new system of merit and a new system of legalism that that takes our faith away then we get in a prayer line like uh, uh our uh, sister Rhonda just had we get in a prayer line something like that and uh we feel condemned we feel like well you know I did miss Wednesday night I really could have come but I just didn't want to uh you know whatever something like that do you see what I mean or uh I watched a movie that was just really right on the edge it wasn't you know it wasn't too bad but it wasn't too great either and uh you know had a cuss word here and there and I don't feel right about that and and you don't think about those things until you're in a prayer line <laughs> or or you're trying to use your faith for money or whatever and the devil is the accuser of the brethren and he will always come around and say you are not worthy to be healed today you're not worthy to receive the money extra that you need to to you know keep from losing your home or whatever something like that you don't feel worthy because uh you know you're just not or or you did something in the flesh or you had a a a thought that wasn't exactly pure and so you know you'll the devil will beat you up with that stuff if you don't understand that you're saved by grace alone and you receive that saving grace by faith Amen. And everything you receive from God from from now till Jesus comes or you move on to glory, you receive the same way. All right, that went over big. Now, the only people that don't like grace preaching are the merit mongers who want credit for their, I tell you, I've walked this way for 40 years and my mother used to say, my mother's a pistol. My mother used to say, some lady would stand up in our church and she'd say, I've been in the way 40 years. And mother would say under her breath, yeah, it's time to get out of the way. You're, you're blocking everybody else. <laughs> but you got to be careful with pride because, uh, you know, you know, even, even, the, even the, the, the sweet people in the church that would never... You know, step out and do just some covert or uh, not covert, overt sin. You know, just just openly do something. Never they they wouldn't even know where to start. You know, they're so pure they wouldn't even know where to start to to try to sin. <laughs> they will. I guess you should you should go to some you know you know juke joint somewhere. I don't know. Um, but 
honky tonk. I don't know. Start there. Maybe, I don't, maybe you could get into something there. I don't know. But you know, they, they don't even know where to start almost. The trouble with that is the devil, if you don't understand merit, the devil will still use that against you. That, well, I, I tell you one thing. I've made mistakes, but I've never done what that sister did. Or I've never done what that brother did. Or I've never done what some of these people are acting and saying. And before you know it, now you're into a worse sin than them because you're in pride. And you're eat up with how holy you are behaviorally. Amen. Well, does Paul say anything in the Bible about behavioral holiness? Absolutely. He does. He tells us concerning fornication and adultery and those things. He says it shouldn't be named even one time among you. Amen. And he told those Corinthians, he said, the problem with y'all is you forgot. I'm from the South. We say y'all. And if it's everybody, it's all y'all. <laughs> But he said, all (laughs) y'all, basically, he said, you shouldn't even be named once that you've been involved in this. And he said, and he told him the reason why, because you've given over to the devil. No, that's that's not what he said. What he said was, um, you've forgotten who, who you are. You've forgotten that you are the church. You've forgotten that you are the body of Christ. You join the body of Christ with a harlot, he said. And he said, God forbid. Amen. So they forgot temporarily who they were, lost their minds because of uh, natural appetites that everybody deals with. But uh, praise God, because of righteousness and redemption, amen, we can, we can overcome. We don't have to just do what our flesh thinks of to do. Amen. All right, have you found Romans 7 yet? It's in the New Testament for those of you looking in the maps and index. (laughs) And uh, he's comparing here life under the law and life by faith. And um, notice he says many times he's not cursing the law. He's saying the law is holy. The the law, you you don't say the law is stupid or... Or, oh, what a dumb idea that was. No, he said it's holy and you you have some respect. But realizing that the law does not have the power, and he says this throughout his writings, and he says it in uh, in the book of Hebrews. If you believe he wrote Hebrews, it's not proven, but believed. Uh, the The best information is that he did write the book of Hebrews. And he says that there was a flaw with the law. See, that that rhymes. Now you know. If you're in the law, you're in a flaw. (laughs) The flaw of the law is that it could point out our sin, point out the waywardness of our heart, but it could not cleanse us of the sin. It has no power to redeem. So if you're beating somebody up, beating somebody over the head with the law, Uh, Hopefully you're at least going to share the gospel next and show them how to get free from it. Because you could get them to keep the law perfectly and still be chief of sinners like Paul said he was. Remember Paul said, I have seven things. If any man has cause to boast, I more. One of them was concerning the righteousness in the law, he says, I'm blameless. Which meant that the law allowed for him to agree to Stephen's stoning. Wow. See, now, when you think of it like that, you get your head out of the clouds and quit being silly. You can see that there needed to be a new covenant. Amen. And God designed it from the foundations of the earth. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Praise God. So, if you want to know how to be wretched today in your life, wretched, we don't use, it's a great English word, isn't it? We don't use it much. But <laughs> look it up sometime. It's a great word. Wretched, you know. And he calls himself wretched, trying to keep the law and trying to be righteous through the law. So he says here, for that which I, uh, verse 15, for that which I do allow not. In other words, these are my do's and don'ts list. Um, for what I would do, that I do not. 
Don't you love King James? But what I hate, that do I. In other words, what I hate and what I, what I consider sin and what I consider uh, ugly, that's what I end up doing instead of what I want to do and what I really have on my heart to do to live a life. How many here want to live a life pleasing to the Lord, you know? I, I think we all do. I think every Christian at every level, in some at, at the gut level, as we say, wants to live a life pleasing to the Lord. They want to, do the, they want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Like Brother Copeland says, you don't want to just hear, well, you know. Because <laughs> well needs to follow. I asked my wife after we'd been married, maybe a year and a half. I said, um, Scarlett, do you think that I'm high maintenance? <laughs> and her answer was, well... Now, come on, that's a bad answer from your wife. Well, I said, oh, God, I am high maintenance. So I had to start working on that and bring the maintenance level down to be so catered to and spoiled. Everybody's mother pets the, uh, their devils, you know, especially boys. My son. All right. He said, "The things that I hate, that's what I end up doing." Oh my God, we can all we can all relate to this. If you're honest, not me, brother. I'm Sister Holiness. I never cut my my great grandmother's testimony was: I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, been a member of the Church of God since 1911. Now that's a year before the Titanic went down. It's been a while. And she said, and I haven't cut my hair since that day. Now the cutting, think about it, not cutting the hair is equal to saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's crazy. So she's in the nursing home the last couple of years of her life. She lived to be 92. Last couple of years, you know, she, she wouldn't stop turning the gas stove on and forgetting to light it. You could hear the thing going on the sidewalk. That's the gas. It's like a, that's like a, you know, a mafia movie or something. You know, they've turned on the gas and it's going to blow the house up. So I kept, kept telling her, Grandma Hall, if you don't stop turning off the, ga- turn on the gas and not lighten it, we're going to have to, you know, put you somewhere. Well, she wouldn't do it. She, I, guess, I don't know if she's snorting the gas or what, but she has no sense of smell left, bless her heart. So there's, she can't tell if it's on or not. She can't hear. So, I mean, you know, it's just a dangerous situation. A guy could have flicked a cigarette butt out in the yard and blow the whole neighborhood up, you know. So they put Grandma Hall in the nursing home. And one day, my grandmother got a call from, uh, you know, the, the people at the nursing home and said, we need you to come talk to your mama. She goes, what's she done now? Well, said, um, her hair is down to her ankles. Well, when you haven't cut your hair since before the Titanic went down, that's a long hair. She's Rapunzel. And uh, to her, if you cut your hair, you're going to hell. So, they, you know, she says, we gotta, uh, you know, you got to come talk to her, to her about cutting her hair. She says, okay. So she said, she went over there and she said, no, mama, these people have got to cut your hair because they don't have all day to, to wash all that and dry it and comb it out and fix it and, and put it back in an atomic bomb style on top, you know. The atomic bomb... Uh, you know, uh, cloud, uh, mushroom cloud, look, holiness hair. Instead, you don't have time to do holiness hairstyle. So, <laughs> so uh, she says, well, I ain't going to hell for anybody. And, and, my, and, my, and my grandmother said, I've got an idea that I think will work. She says, what? 
if they cut your hair against your will, they'll go to hell, not you. That's how Pentecostal legalism works, just exactly. So Grandma Hall thought about it a minute, and she says, you know, that'll work. So the poor CNA, you know, that's that's doing the hair trimming with some scissors, she's standing there, and Grandma Hall's going, I guess you know you're going to hell for this. She said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Whatever you say, I'm just getting this mop off of here, man. <laughs> she did admit later that it felt better. <laughs> Glory to God. So you see why I like the grace message and righteousness? <laughs> when you grow up in that nonsense, I'm telling you, it never ends. So, Paul here, if then I do that which I would not, I consent then unto the law that it is good. Now, then it is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. Because it's not there, it's never going to be there. In other words, he says, I don't find any good in me. See, the problem is, is religion tries to get us to reform uh, our flesh. Flesh reformation program. And the problem is, it doesn't work. You have to have faith in Christ. Then the reformation that you seek that you desire will happen. You can't do it by yourself. And I'm going to show you more about that. Isn't that amazing that that's here in the Word? For the good that I would do not, that I would do, I do not, but that, but the evil which I would not, that's what I do. Now, if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that doeth, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, Evil is present with me. Absolutely. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. The inward man is where the key is to victory, folks. I mean, okay, so you can go on a diet and you can tell the Lord that you feel like you haven't been honoring the temple and I want to repent and I'm going to go on a diet and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me. He will. But listen, God's not holding it against you if you eat a donut. Besides a full gospel church, we take away your cigarette and give you a donut. It's much healthier. It's the truth. A sister with three donuts will judge some guy, poor guy standing in the parking lot, finishing his cigarette. And he's trying to put it out before anybody sees him. And that man was smoking. <laughs> you know it's true. There was a guy in Minnesota, you know, uh, Jim Caseman. You ever you ever hear Jim Caseman? Jim Caseman, man, he started every Word of Faith church there was nearly in the state of uh, Minnesota. He can have it. Who wants it? It's too cold. Anyway, Minnesota, North and South Dakota, you know, Nebraska, Iowa. Oh, my gosh. All the rectangle states up there. And um, he's... You know, he started all these churches. Well, they were going to start the church that was his original church in, in a city, Wilmer, Minnesota. So he's going to start this church. And the, the, the guy that was like his associate pastor is putting together the team, you know, that's going to launch the new church, you know. And so they're at a, a meeting um, somewhere. And they've got a, a right on board, you know, like a white whiteboard with the markers and dry erase board, okay. 
And he says, what is our new church going to be like? You know, I mean, there's an Assemblies of God church in the town. There's Baptists. There's Lutherans. You better believe there's Lutherans. This is Minnesota. When Jesus comes back, he has to stop and tell the Lutherans they're not the only ones. But anyway, uh, you know, the, I mean, there's every kind of church. But now we're going to have this new kind of church, you know, word of faith, charismatic, you know, Bible-based church. And so what's our church going to look different than another church? How's it going to be? What's it going to be? So one little lady, bless her heart, you know, she liked desserts a lot. And um, she had the witness of the flesh of that, praise the Lord. And uh, but she's a little, you know, a little, little rotund. And uh, she immediately has this little tiny voice, and she goes, No smoking. Now, that, that, what's our new church going to be about? And the number one thing is no smoking. Not based on the word, the Holy Spirit. No smoking. So he goes, okay, good, no smoking. He writes, number one, number one, foundation of our church, no smoking. Um, he goes, what else? He goes, I know one. Wait, I'm gonna. I know one who writes up there. Number two, no fat people. <laughs> now you come on. That was God's will. She deserved that. <laughs> we love to criticize that this person sins differently than I do. Well, I do some things. I know I've got a lot of, I ask the Lord every day to help me, but I've never done that. This is what Paul's talking about right here. I try very hard and I fall off. Well, yes. Thank you, Paul, for being honest. But he says, I see Another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members or my body. Oh, here we go. Oh, wretched man that I am. Wow, this is the Apostle Paul that wrote the majority of the New Testament. Who wrote the revelation of Jesus Christ for us to really see what did he say in Ephesians that I, my prayer would be that I would see the, the comprehend with all saints the height, depth, width, and breadth of God's love. And now he's calling himself, oh, wretched man. What kind of leadership is this? Can I have a meeting of the executive council? Uh, oh, wretched man that I am. And then this part is so victorious. Who shall deliver me from this body, from the body of this death? He's saying trying to live by the law and merit and earn my way to righteousness is a curse of death. And he's saying not what shall deliver me, which program, three steps to victory, nine steps to that, and 12 steps to the other thing. No, this is who, not a program, not what, what doctrine should I follow, which Pentecostal group is right, which whatever, not, not, not what shall deliver me, who shall deliver me. We are only delivered from ourselves and from sin and the devil and everything dark by Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is not the grace message. This is the Jesus message. When we come to faith in Christ, we come to Jesus, not uh, the grace teachings of Dr. Doolittle. You know, no... He's a friend of Dr. Do-Nothing. Yeah, we can write about grace, and we need to, and, and preach about it, and sing about it. And we have one of the greatest hymns in the world is Amazing Grace. And without grace, we're all sunk, I'm telling you. But this is not the grace message. This is the Jesus message. 
Who shall deliver me? Now he's going to tell you, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus has delivered me from this body of death and this wretched situation of constantly trying to do right and failing. So then with the mind, I my, um, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. That's why you cannot legislate flesh in a church body and call it holiness. Well, we're the first holiness church. We don't believe in this and believe in that. That has nothing to do with holiness. What you've created is a subculture. And you want everybody to look the same way and kind of walk the same way and whatever. And so you, all you have is a subculture. It has nothing to do with holiness. There's a song that we sing. It's, 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 it's kind of, I guess it's probably getting outdated in some places. But uh, there's a song that we sing that, Lord, I need you. And, and there's two lines in there that are very important. One is, uh, my one defense, my righteousness. The devil tries to attack you with sickness. You know what your greatest defense is? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Your sickness can't touch me. I said, you know, Pastor Weimer, I was at healing school at at Rama, you know, and um, for years. And I said, if I had that seven years or whatever to go over again, I would have spent more time teaching on righteousness than I did divine healing in a healing school. Because people are trying to use divine healing scriptures as almost like a tool to, to get something from God when it's already been provided. You just need to see that it's already yours. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. The righteousness of who? Sister Ledbetter that never did anything wrong. She's led better than everybody else. No, who? The righteousness of God. <sighs> Glory to God, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 21 in the Amplified Bible says that we are viewed as being examples of the righteousness of God, accept, uh, acceptable and approved. Well, my Sunday school teacher doesn't approve of me. Well, you know, who cares? Well, I'm not sure my sister approves of everything. So what? You're, the approval you're seeking is from God, and you already have it. He's made us to be righteous. Made us that way. So, um, here we have... Um, Paul, just again saying, there's nothing good in my flesh. Stop looking for it to be there. I'm not going to. And, and, and he said, if, if anybody has cause to boast, I more. Those seven things. One was concerning the righteousness in the law. I'm blameless. And he says, I'm counting that as dung. Wow. Even what he felt he accomplished through the flesh, he called it dung. Isn't that something? Do you know what dung means? You don't want a lot of it on your shoe when you get in the car. I don't care if you are a sheep farmer. The dog did something in the yard, you know, and now you're, it's in the car. That's dung. There's another street word for that that we don't use in church. It gets the point over, though, you know, you think it's the worst thing in the world. You don't want it anywhere in your life and and um that's why we flush it and that's what paul called his good works for righteousness it's really strong isn't it philippians 3 i didn't make that up by the way well i've been in the way for 49 years i'm You know, 
And it's all about them and how they've served the Lord faithfully and how not the faithfulness of God. In my office in Tulsa, you know, we at one time we had quite a few employees and I want somebody to get their feelings hurt daily that they didn't they weren't getting credit for their project or whatever. So we would gather the whole crew together and go stand in their office door and sing, you deserve the glory. For you are great. You do everything so great. There's no one else like you. And they'd stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> so if it, so they were they, they were slower on the uptake at staff meetings. To say, well, you know, that, that brochure was my idea, and I didn't get any credit for it. And we're going to lower our eyebrows and go up like, you deserve the glory. Stop it. Don't sing that song to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. The grand finale. Drum roll, please. All right. He said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. Now, if you keep reading over where it's printed, chapter 8, because that wasn't there in this letter. It was the next sentence. He says, there is therefore. Now, if the word therefore is there, you have to know what it's therefore for. No wonder people can't speak English. People say, you know, North Americans, have you heard the joke? If you, if you speak, if, if, if you speak three languages, you're trilingual. If you speak two languages, you're bilingual. If you speak one language, you're an American. That's the joke. I said, we don't even speak the king. We slaughter the king's English. Are you kidding? We, we have been working since the Declaration of Independence to speak one language and we're struggling still. Praise the Lord. I am anyway. I went to school in Georgia. We were 49th in the nation for education. You know who was 50? Mississippi. You could count on Mississippi. And some years we got to be 48 when South Carolina was 49. So I'm struggling with the King's English into my latter years. All right. He says there is therefore. Now, therefore, in a sentence, means you have to look at what was just said before it. Otherwise, it makes no sense. Nobody just starts talking. Hey, how are you? Therefore. (laughs) What are you, nuts? Nobody just starts saying, therefore. And we will, and we'll read it like that in church. Let's open our Bible or Romans 8, 1. There is therefore. Well, and everybody's fine with that. It's like, wait a minute, what's before therefore? What's before therefore is Romans 7, the whole thing. I'm a wretched man. Here I am, just messed up, trying to do right, can't do right. I'm not deadly do right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Paul wrong, wrong. I'm, 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 oh, wretched Paul. And he says that who shall deliver me? Where is my deliverance from this horrible body of death? Trying to do right and failing, trying and failing, trying and failing, trying and failing. That will be your whole life story if you don't snap out of it and say, who shall deliver me from myself, from my uh, uh, um, appetites of the flesh that will try to uh, every appetite you have will kill you if you let it every one and he says who what shall deliver me who shall deliver me and he says i thank my god jesus christ and he said because of that in other words another way of saying therefore is because of that or in light of that fact in light of that fact There is now, right now, no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Now, when he says, when it, and, and some of this has been added by the translators, um, that walk not in, in the flesh but a, a, after the Spirit, he's not talking about just sin, like flesh of sin flesh. He's talking about uh, the flesh to be reformed by programs. That's what he's talking about. Because I can tell you who he says the... How many want to know what it really means um, to to not be in the flesh? Paul says it. Verse 9. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. End of story. If you are believing in Christ by faith in his finished work, you're not following the flesh. Now, even in our own precious word of faith movement, we've struggled with that. To try to do a whole doctrine on what it means to walk in the flesh. And it's usually smoking, drinking, dancing, cursing, and, uh, you know, a list of flesh sins that we would consider inappropriate for a believer. That's what we call the flesh. Or um, not walking in love or being angry and, and those things. Well, that's certainly the flesh manifesting, isn't it? But that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about following after the flesh because he's got folks going around. He's got people in the church trying to get other people to admit whether they're circumcised or not. And when they find out they're not, then they come, they have a, they just happen to have a knife. You know, it makes you wonder about that song. I don't know what you came to do. <laughs> but I can't. Bad. Paul said he and uh, Titus were out, you know, traveling and probably camping some and said some were spying on him to see if he's circumcised or not. How would you like to be on that committee? Uh, we need some volunteers. Uh, we have binoculars available. Do you see anything? My God. That's how nutty it goes. Poor Titus. And, you know, we laugh, but that's really what was going on. That's how nutty. No wonder Paul was mad at the Galatians. He said, you people are stupid. It's what he said. That wasn't very seeker sensitive. He said, you people are stupid. He said, how could you be so deluded? What, did you drink the Kool-Aid? They always say, if you go to a weird meeting and they serve Kool-Aid, don't drink it. It could be tainted. So, this means that I can walk around free in my soul. And in my heart, and my mind, and I can say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And I have everything that redemption bought for me. And man, that just, listen, um, I shared last night at the, at the, at the, at Brother Rich's meeting, uh, a little bit of the struggles that I've had in my life. Uh, my son was shot in the head by uh, Pakistani insurgents in, in uh, Afghanistan. Was killed in action. He's buried at Arlington. So we've walked through that. My wife of 36 years dies of cancer. Can you imagine? You're a word of faith healing evangelist, and your wife dies of cancer. You know, that's hard, brother. You know, you get up and think, I'm going to go Baptist on, on you before you know it here. Because I don't have to deal with divine healing. They don't have healing lines. So I just, you know, I'm just thinking, I don't have to deal with that. 
And I mean, just all kinds of thoughts and terrible things. But thank God for his grace and mercy to put us over. But if I did not have this revelation that I'm preaching today, Pastor Weimer, I would have eaten myself up. Where did I miss it? Where did I open the door? What am I doing? Am I out of the will of God? Am I in the perfect will? I'm the center of the perfect will. I mean, it never ends. Uh, you know, you're examining and examining and examining, and you think you're responsible for the whole world. You've got to keep your family alive and everybody going and breathing and doing and whatever. And if, you, and if something goes wrong, well, you've missed God. And, you know, you, you know, is he really an evangelist? Is he really a pastor? Is he really called? Is he really saved? Is he really, you know, all these terrible things that we have in our churches. I'm telling you, that stuff's alive and well. And it's mean and it's from the pit. And it's a lack of understanding of righteousness. And thank God that, that uh, my wife, bless her heart, you know, she fought a good fight and kept the faith right to the end. But thank God, you know, that she knew and I knew that where we stood with God, that we were the righteousness of God in Christ, that Jesus was our Lord, and that we didn't have to do more to get something to work. Because i got news for you. Jesus is resting. He sat down. You don't sit down till your labor's over. And when he got done and he said it is finished, he sat down at the right hand of God. Praise God, where he rules and reigns as Lord of lords and King of kings. And I'm seated with him in heavenly places in that place. Praise God. Glory to God. Somebody say, well, your wife died. Everybody's going to die. Get over it. Come on, folks. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Well, you didn't get that money you were believing for. Well, write me a check. That'll solve that, ding dong. I got a preacher friend's got a huge ministry in Brazil. Huge. He has 3,500. He has 3,500 churches. And he's got a rule. He said, anybody ask him about money? And he'll say, write me a check. You know, you want to know, oh, you're interested in our finances. Good. Here's our new project. How much are you going to give? I love that. That's what I'm doing too. How's your finances? Oh, praise God. I was praying you would become a partner today. Are you, are you going to be a one-time gift or monthly partner? We can set up. You want an ACH out of your checking account? We can set that up too. We've got a genius in the office that can set all that up. Praise the Lord. And so, 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 you know, don't, you, you're not going to get to me like that. You know, well, you know, yeah, you don't know anything. I had a guy, you know, it, people just are strange. I had a, I was at a church in uh, Minnesota one time, a nice church, so five, six hundred people, you know, and a guy comes forward and he says, uh, I smoke cigarettes. And I said, okay, what brand do you smoke? <laughs> Camels. I said, okay, well, what do you need? He goes, well, if the Lord... I'm asking the Lord to take them from me if he doesn't want me to have them. I said, the Lord doesn't want your cigarettes. He's not going to smoke them. And he says, well, if the Lord, you know, if the Lord doesn't want me to have them, I want him to take them. Uh, I said, the Lord doesn't care what you, I said, the Lord, you can put two in your nose, five in your mouth, and two in your ears and light them all at the same time and walk down the street. It's not going to affect the Lord one way or the other, whether you smoke or not. And I said, it might affect you. <laughs> you know, you might cough up a lung or something a little earlier than the scheduled date. But, <laughs> right? The Lord, well, I don't know if the Lord is pleased. The Lord, the Lord isn't pleased based on you. He's pleased based on the finished work of Christ. It's the value of the sacrifice that counts. 
Praise God. I'm going to stir it up. Woo! <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands and thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, that thing in your life that just seems to be the hanger-oner, you know, like people say, well, I'm, I'm addicted to porn or I, I've got a, a other kind of sin or something. You know, uh, declare the righteousness of God in Christ over that thing. Praise God, I am not under the law. I am not under sin. I am under grace. Hallelujah. And uh, sin hath no more dominion over me. Stop going around asking everybody to pray the deliverance prayer for you. It isn't working, obviously. Well, I'm just so addicted and I'm just so tempted. I'm just I'm sorry. Shut up in the name of Jesus. Stop saying I'm so tempted. I'm so weak. I'm so addicted. I'm so bad. We already went through the puke in a bucket in the ballroom ministry thing, got over it, thank God. You know, you might as well just gag yourself because just to constantly say that kind of stuff. Well, I'm so tempted. And, you know, I don't know if something's wrong with my immune system because, you know, it just seems like that the first little virus that comes in our town, I, me and my kids, we just get it. I don't know. It just comes. I don't know what's wrong. What's wrong is your mouth. Shut up in the name of Jesus. I had a lady, I said that one time, you know, yelling as a lady, can I speak to you after the meeting, you know. It's the correctors. The corrector committee gets going. We're going to bring a word of correction and rebuke to Pastor David. <laughs> we don't say shut up in front of our children. I said, well, maybe you should. Why, why not reconsider? Because I'll tell you, you need to tell the devil to shut up. Sometimes we don't need the devil. We're cursing ourselves with our own mouth. So whatever our problems are and our weaknesses and our temptations, we have to judge them by the finished work of Christ. Do you think the blood of Jesus is enough to set us free? Stop talking the problem. Stop talking the weakness. Stop saying, oh, I'm so tempted and I'm so weak and I'm a little, a little, a little, blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Get duct tape if you have to. Put a little hole in for a straw. You can emulsify your food and suck it through. You might even lose weight during this period. You can buy green powder and put schmoo in it, and I don't know what, I, you know, and schmoosh it around. I don't know what schmoo is. I just made it up. I've stopped preaching, and I'm winging it now, trying to practice my stand-up stuff. In case the ministry thing doesn't work out, I have something to fall back on. you got to pay your bills. <laughs> Praise God. Let's lift our hands and thank Jesus today for the word. Jesus will set you free. You come in all burdened, you leave light. Hallelujah. You come in sad, you leave glad. We've been crying for 50 years. Why don't we start laughing a little? People say, I don't know about that Rodney Howard Brown down there in Tampa. That's where you're from, isn't it, too, Tampa? You're from Tampa. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. What do you think about his ministry? Praise God. God seems to be blessing him. Great. Well, they just all they do is laugh. Yeah, that's all they do is laugh. That's it. You got it. You nailed them. Praise the Lord. Well, it's better than some people. They never laugh. Oh, Mulligrub. I'm Sister Mulligrub. I've been at this church for 400 years. I'd like to invite you to our church where you can live the victorious life like me. 
Jesus, help us. Some people you want to say, don't witness. Don't witness. And if you do, do not hand out a brochure from this church. Because you're going to run off more people (laughs) than want to come. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Scarlett, come. You got something. You're on the edge of your seat. What you got? In the Edelirastas, Opa Cabre, Setas, Kima, Momon, Stive, Hasikata, Ishila, Anculo, Tala, Flaste, Boko, Macheste, in Yitilita, Hayaha, Supohotuchas. So I look at you through the eyes of what has happened. I look at you through the view of what Christ has done. And the more that you declare it, and the more that you live it, and the more that you share it, the more reality it will become in your life. And you will overcome things that you have been struggling with for decades, saith the Lord. And you'll look and you'll say, I never knew life could be this good. I never knew life could be this light. I never knew I could be this happy. But you'll be living in the finished work of Christ. You'll be living in the finished work of righteousness. And you'll see a whole new way of living, saith the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and praise Him and thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.